Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast. Live at large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about creating a lean software toolkit. Yeah, like sometimes you got a problem that you're facing and you're not quite sure what to do. But a lot of times there's already a tool out there as a software developer that people have thought about that you can steal. They just kind of know how to how to label a problem and think about it. So we're going to talk about, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this and you got problems in the company, it's going to be one of these seven things. We have called them the seven ways of software development. I didn't, we didn't create this. I didn't create this at all. I mean, but I, we do have an episode on it and we touch on it a little bit. And I think we're going to dive in more specifically on how you solve for each of the seven wastes. Yeah, so we talked about this back in episode 82. And it was one of my favorite episodes. Like one of our colleagues gave a talk on the seven wastes of software development. It sounds so like intense. You can go back and, and check it out to hear a little bit more about like the specifics of each of those. But the other day I was like watching a talk from Kemp Beck who made extreme programming and he had a realization at some point that all of the things that he collected together in his book, Extreme Programming, and like, you know, the people he was working with to develop that way of working, uh, which you can hear about more in episode number 65, it was actually just lean all along. So, like, that was a realization for him at some point as he was evangelizing and, and working in this way. So he, he thought that he had a thing with extreme programming, but in reality, it was just lean all along. It's like like Scooby-Doo when they, when they, <laughs> when they capture the villain yeah, exactly. and they grab it. It's like, oh, man, it's you. And then they pull out the mask. I'm like, oh, it's lean. Oh, oh snap. It was Mary Poppendink under the hood the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Same thing with uh, trunk-based development, which we talked about in episode 30, like trunk-based development is all about making small commits and sharing it with your teammates as quickly as possible and always having a build that's ready to go straight to production. And what do you know? That's also lean. So like, it's like people have these like great toolkits of ways of approaching problems or smoothing over different challenges that you might have in your team. It's kind of like an interesting exercise to like kind of Think about a problem you have. What kind of lean waste is that for software development? And then like what kind of solutions might make that a little better? And if there are solutions that already exist, why don't we steal them? And like it doesn't matter if they're labeled XP or labeled trunk-based development or where they're coming from. Like let's just take them all and put them in our toolkit. And take them out when we, we see a problem that we need to uh, address. Right. It's like Batman is his utility belt, right? Like, you know, depending on the villain he may fight, that utility belt's going to be a little different. You may have your shark repellent sometime if you're going out in the water. Oh, totally. Yeah. There, that's... <laughs> and you switch it up if you're not, not going to be by the sea, you know? <laughs> Am I always having the shark repellent handy? Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe, maybe you might need the shark repellent. Large, is large one having problem with sharks? 
<laughs> Larchmon is by the water. Yeah, Larchmon is by the water. I always got to have Sharp Repeller on deck. <laughs> that and Coyotes. I didn't know I had to fight off Coyotes. When you're fighting Sharks and then Coyotes, like you may, you know, be exhausted from the different tools that you need to do. Very similar in your workplace, your team may be responsible for a lot of different parts of the code base or of the application that is needed. So task switching is something that you may experience often. And there are some solutions that are introduced for both both XP and in the trunk-based development world. And we'll dive into that. Trunk-based development is a proponent of like having really small commits that are always ready to be released. And you're, you're kind of ready to share that with the team in short order. So you're not like working on a branch for two weeks. If you're doing that, then you you know that there's some other big problem there. But by, by doing small, thin vertical slices, like you're very focused on getting that out and like not being distracted by other things. Right. When you keep those commits small, you're able to finish that task and then move on to the next one as opposed to context switching back and forth eliminates that altogether. I think a better way to address some of the task switching would be to do that with a pair. You know, XP often evangelizes pair programming, which is something that you work with another individual to do so that two individuals are working on a particular problem, they finish that fast, and then they move on rather than constantly task switching between the two developers on a particular feature. Right. Or like the the developers can like help people like stay on the task at hand and like stay focused and and get get done. Like I know like a problem that I've seen a lot is maybe when you're working on that like long lived story, there's like a lot of partially done things in there. Like you've, you've kind of started a couple of different threads and you're going out and uh, hitting some some barriers so again like that trunk-based development like uh, thin vertical slice philosophy and always being released ready like helps frame things so that you have less partially done work right and dave you touched on the idea of just having small releases would also help with the partially done work because you ensure that you know if you had a commit or a feature that was long lived for two or three weeks who's to say that like that commit gets old it doesn't really merge well with all the things that have been pushed in to master and not getting that workout as fast as possible ultimately ends up with the work not being done, which you then have to context switch. Those two are hand in hand and the solutions of those is to, you know, make those small commits, release it to the users as fast as possible. Right. You know, if the work is only partially done, then is it really usable to the user? Like you, you have to think about how you're structuring it. So that if you're doing incremental slices and incremental releases, that it's always in a state that's that's usable to, to people. I know that when I myself write software, there's never any defects, ever. I'm that good, guys. Trust me. <laughs> if anyone ever says that, you know that something's up and they're fishy. When the average person, unless you're 10x, 100x, 1000x, you aren't introducing defects you know, as a normal individual, it happens to the best of us. And we need to figure out ways to patch any of the defects as best of our ability to ensure that we're delivering, you know, proper software to our users as much as possible. 
when you have a defect and you release it out into the world, then it's going to cause you more pain trying to sift through it, like dealing with that, the task switching of like, okay, I, I'm writing new software to like, I'm trying to find this weird time bug is a big overhead. You know, luckily there are tools out there that can help optimize to catch defects. Right. One of them I think we've mentioned before in time, test-driven development is your friend. Uh, you definitely want to test drive the code as much as possible and make sure that it's 100% code coverage <laughs> to the best of your ability. That's really difficult. And sometimes I feel like if I've ever seen 100%, it's like, hmm, really? You're testing configurations. Is that even possible? You're doing something weird. You want to keep that number as high as possible to make sure that you have everything covered. Now, it doesn't mean that even if you had your code covered that you're never going to have defects. These things happen. And one thing to do is that when you find a defect, write a new test case that covers the defect and make sure you implement that one. So then you ensure that that defect wouldn't happen again. Yeah, totally. And if, if we look at trunk-based development, like how that helps us reduce defects, we're always trying to get code back into our, our master branch as quickly as possible, only a day or two. So our commits are going to be pretty small, hopefully. The CI, our continuous integration, is going to be checking that on build. And when we merge it, ideally, we're going to be like rolling back right away because other people are going to be putting their work in there as well. And, you know, we're going to be catching that before it goes out to production. Right. And get tools to kind of help you identify where the bug exists in whatever commit. Get Bisect is my personal favorite. If you ever get a chance to use that tool, please do so. It'll make your lives a lot easier to identify when it happened. And like the opposite scenario of that, I guess, is like you have written a branch and it's living for a week or two and there are bugs in that branch and those bugs have not been found and you just keep on working on it and working on it and other people are changing the code. You have to rebase it and maybe that introduces more bugs. And then, you know, by the time you actually have to like get it reviewed, it takes more time to review it because like you don't remember what you're doing when those other bugs were introduced or like that other thing was in, may have been a problem trying to minimize the defects and get it out there quickly. Yeah, and uh, good CI tooling will definitely help you in that regard, making sure you can roll that back. What about like extra processing? This is like kind of a esoteric sounding waste, which I guess means that you're just doing too many things. Like you're you're over processed for the work that you've done. Like you could have done less. Some people may think that the work is necessary or, you know, the users want these extra features or we need to add these new software tools that are amazing, that'll make our lives so much easier without actually identifying whether it actually would or not. I think one of the things I want to point out in XP that they have the values of extreme programming, and I'll go down the list real quick. It's communication, simplicity, feedback, and courage. And then they added respect later on in life. And I think when the tool to mitigate extra processing is communicating with your teammates as to whether the extra process is needed in the first place by identifying what is MVP for your project and then identifying that. 
And the way you talk to and communicate with your team is very important. Ensure you have mutual respect for each other, like you're not hurting anyone's feelings when you are talking about whether things need to be cut out of scope or not. And and the courage to speak up, to say, hey, this might be extra stuff. We can do that in the next sprint. We need to get this out released to our users right now. The extra processing could cause us to have a longer living branch, which then we won't have that out to our users. It's like a whole lot of things. And I think that the values of XP actually is a tool that we can use to mitigate this extra processing. One of the big things that like kind of leads to extra processing is like also like too much planning. Like if you're like over planning or over documenting, overthinking what it might be like when you actually go to make the change, you might need to do more work. Your understanding will be different. Like XP tries to minimize those kind of meetings or like have very focused meetings with like a, a really minimal planning game and like having the customer close at hand to answer any questions about like what they might want. Whereas trunk-based development really encourages quick code review. Like if you're if you're doing code review, you should try to reduce the amount of time that tasks are being left in code review so that it can get back into master and shared with people. You know, avoiding merge conflicts is another way of extra processing. Like if you have a merge conflict, then that's just like pointless work. A lot of times like frustrating, like sometimes you can't avoid it and it's it's needed. But other times if the code is constantly changing under your feet and you're just rebasing and merge conflicting and, and whatever, then that's like a sign. It's a smell that there's something amiss. Right. Try to keep all those meetings and documentation as low as possible so that your engineers and your team can continue chugging along, getting those features done as fast as possible. Yeah, chug it. So in the organization you're working for, there could potentially be some kind of delay or uh, your users are waiting for a feature. They may not be even knowing that they're waiting for a feature, but you have been delayed in releasing the feature for whatever reason is a problem that can often happen at the workplace. And I think that XP tries to solve that problem by ensuring that we have those small releases. I think it's so important. I think we mentioned before. That's true. When you have small releases, then you're able to get that out the door much faster because things are smaller. You have less things to review. You have less things to get that check mark approved before it gets sent out. And with the good CI, CD process, you get it out the door very fast and very less likely to get delays. Yeah. And also, you know, the customer is waiting less time to interact with that and give you feedback on what the next story should be. You know, if you wait for everything to be perfect before putting it out there, then, you know, maybe you've built completely the wrong thing. Right. I think the phrase I've heard before is perfect is the enemy of good. Yes. And the idea that you try to build this thing that's perfect, that's so perfect, but then when it's released, it may not even be a good thing that the user may want in the first place. So if you just get that delivered out, keep it very small, small delay, no waiting, you'll be able to slowly incrementally build the thing that the users want with the feedback given by the user to the organization to then continue working on those stories. Yeah. And there are two other things, other solutions that XP has related to waiting that I think are really, really powerful concepts like having the customer on the team, like a product manager or something like that, so that you don't have to 
send out an email to get an answer to a question like that person's ready to come and have a discussion with you and figure out what the best course of action is going to be for whatever conundrum you're facing when you have that system in place you'll ensure those people in place the delays will be a lot less and the users will get those features as fast as possible we went through a lot of the seven wastes in this with the tools that we used for xp and trunk-based development well i'm really curious if there are other you know systematic tools out there that are available that we may have overlooked in these seven wastes of software development i'd love to hear what is out there please you know, if there are other tools that exist, we should definitely know about it and definitely reach out to us. You could tweet at us at Radio Free Rabbit for sure. And I will try and, you know, incorporate that into our current workflow and maybe even an episode later in the future. Yeah. Or let us know what kind of problem you have. We can label it. We'll tell you what waste is being let out into the world. Yeah, we can try and help you identify what that waste is and then what tools we may have in mind. This will be a great exercise. I'd love to do that. This is free consulting tips from me <laughs> to y'all. Hit us up, Radio Free Rabbit. Go check it out. And we hope that this toolkit, you you got your utility belt now. Now you got your shark repellent and your... Coyote spray, I guess. <laughs> coyote hazing, right? You got to make sure you have those stuff on deck. We hope that we help solve any and all of your problems, including wildlife and software development. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, And me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.